Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. What is going on, everyone out there in the world? This is a fun new thing that we're doing, a nice little swap cast, never been done before between the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy and the Dangerous World podcasts. I'm really excited to get into this conversation, man. Uh, a little bit of consciousness. I heard a little, uh, heard some words that I didn't know about. Uh, heard a little bit about a Freud character that we're that we're going to get into. A little bit of subconsciousness. I'm excited to hear the back and forth between you two because I know just by knowing Brandon, obviously I've known Brandon for much longer than I've known you, Mark, but uh, Brandon is much more, uh, you know, the trust the science party type guy, you know, it does not, not a big spiritualist. Uh, and Mark, you are absolutely a spiritualist from what I have heard in your wonderful podcast, which has seemed to really have taken off uh, very quickly from, from where it started. And I'm very happy for you with that, man. But um, you know, we do our podcast. We don't go as deep uh, into the spiritual realm as you seem to do on a consistent basis, Mark. So um, first of all, how are both you guys doing this evening? I'm great. I'm in the spirit realm. Like you said, I think I'm rooted in it. And that's why I seem this way. Um, I just did an awesome podcast earlier called The Third Eye Awakening with uh, Amy Belair. So that should be coming out in April, she said. So <laughs> put that on your Jeez. calendar, folks. <laughs> nice, but yeah, I, I, everything's been great on the My Family Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. We just had Michael Wan uh, participate in a show, which was really fun. Me and him talked about some mysticism. I consider myself more of a, uh, a realist than a spiritualist. But uh, I don't think Brandon thinks what I'm what what I think is real is real. Brandon, how are you today? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm so excited to be doing this kind of a discussion uh, over something other than a comment thread on Facebook because that shit just doesn't that shit just doesn't work. I know we have some some geography between us here, man, but it's uh, it, it's so much better to be able to talk to someone who you've worked with before. You know they're not evil. You can see their face. Uh, so I'm excited to get to that. And I am Ryan. I don't know what you're drinking. Uh, getting onto this big little thing IPA from Sierra Nevada who never never fucking lets me down uh and uh, enjoying enjoying that right now and then all recovered from the second dose of the uh, of the vaccine feeling a little higher energy uh actually taking care of my girlfriend who's dealing with the symptoms from that same shot so uh overall pretty good man you know Brandon I heard something about the shot and keep an eye on this with your girlfriend but I heard about like breast swelling uh, and then that's a, a thing that's like actually like 90% of a thing. And I know it sounds exciting to you, but it's like a, a predecessor to like cysts and cancer. So keep an eye on that. Uh, I know it's fun for a short amount of time, but uh, I, I wish nothing but health to you and, and your girl. Thanks, obviously, I would 
Well, I would like to be proven wrong that vaccines that- are not good for you. But with that being said, um, Mark, you mentioned something about realism. Um, let the dumb people in the audience know, including myself, what the difference is between like realism, spiritualism and all that stuff. And then we'll get right into it. I know you had something to say, Brandon. So uh, we'll get we'll get right to you after Mark uh, just answers that quick question for me real fast. Yeah, no, I just make the distinction because I think that when you said spiritualism, that might give somebody the impression that I like live in a church and I like pray every day or something like this all (laughs) just came to me just from being myself, man. You know, so I guess realism isn't really like an ism as much of it's just like an adjective I'm using to to describe where I'm coming from, because I'm just taking in, um, you know, all the things I'm learning and fitting it into my worldview. And with that, my uh, my co-host, Jay, is going to jump in and he'll probably uh, be, you know, functioning the same as you, Ryan, kind of asking questions. Uh, but hey, perfect. He he knows yeah. what's up. I don't think we have to pause or anything. Mark uh, Mark only looks like Jesus. He doesn't actually live like him, right? That's that's <laughs> what you're saying here, Mark. Um, so 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 yeah. Mark, um, I think uh, we had a little discussion uh, about this before the recording, but I think that the one of the reasons that I am so skeptical uh, of a lot of the ideas that um, our community puts out there is because I don't see the mechanism by which things like numerology, astrology, uh, esotericism can affect us um, because I just don't see that those conduits are open. Um, There are certain conduits that are said to be out there um, by people like Sigmund Freud, uh, who who was a chief psychologist and I think mainly the early 20th century, right? Um, He's putting out ideas like the difference between the subconscious, the pre-conscious, uh, and the conscious uh, level of consciousnesses. Now, um, I, I hate to get into uh, definitions right away because I I have a computer right in front of me. I can find an actual definition if you if you need. But what would your take on just the definition of what's the the, the definition and and span of consciousness? Uh, wh- how do you how do you consider that on a, a layman's in layman's terms? Consciousness is what we're experiencing right now. I think, um, you know, it's the layer through which we interact with the world. Um, I think consciousness means different things depending on which entity owns that consciousness. I think plants have consciousness. I think minerals have consciousness. I think planets have consciousness. So I think consciousness really just is a overall really broad term for awareness in a biological organism, but I don't think it's particularly stuck to just that biological organism. I think you can have other forms of consciousness that are not within a, a biological organism. So I think uh, except for that, that last addendum that you added, I think we can agree just on what consciousness is. I, I'll, I'll go with, the mainstream media, like Google definition of it, man, the state of being awake or aware of one's surroundings or the, it can also be called like the effect of awareness by the mind of itself and the world, right? Some sentience about what's inside of us and what's outside of us. Um, with that brings a whole bunch of 
moral questions, right? I don't know if you think that morality uh, or, or the idea of a uh, objective or subjective uh, morality is based on the existence of existences of uh, existing of consciousness or not. But uh, how about how about that addendum that you added there? So this this idea that consciousness can be something that is outside of the mind and separate from it, independent of it, doesn't need the mind to be there, uh, is something that we got into and uh, figure out our disagreements on this topic on the Idiocalypse podcast, right? One of the one of the things that sparked our discussion today. So what does consciousness in something other than a mind look like? Because I think that gives us a shape of what people who believe in stuff, in the effects of numerology and astrology, all those things I mentioned, what does that that gives us a shape of what consciousness looks like so so how about that man so i would say in an animal it's pretty obvious you can notice consciousness i think even other really more extrasensory awarenesses have been proven in certain animals like dogs and cats where they're able to kind of sense when their owner is driving home even if it's not a routine schedule even if it's like an emergency there's been tests studies you know it's been proven uh not completely i think that you know rigorous study would probably have to be done to like maybe give some more uh what do you jay help me out here thing well, uh, what Mark, I- did you guys see this whole thing with the cephalopod uh, past the cognitive test that was like set up for young kids really a cephalopod as in like one of those things that come out of the water with the shell and the long tail like uh what are those yeah. like horseshoe crabs like a horseshoe that crab? or i mean uh, a cephalopod is like kind of like uh what like an octopus uh oh, okay, a okay. squid things like that but there's this breed of animal that passed the test that actually uh is set up for like young children and it passed the test pretty well. Joe Rogan actually posted it. And that's what brought it to my attention. He's big in this whole thing with consciousness. You know, how psychedelics play a role in that whole thing. But yeah. um, did you hear anything about that, Mark? Or, or you could probably Google it if not. But it's fascinating, man. We're like, we're learning that animals are so much smarter and so much more aware of their surroundings than we previously thought. Yeah. Pigs are one. And the, and the term I was forgetting was control, right? You need they they needed some more control in the in the study, but that's okay. I mean, it's hard to control cats and dogs, right? But there's one kind of colloquial example. I think most people would agree that that cats and dogs share a really interesting relationship consciously with their owners. But when you come to the realm of plants or minerals becomes a little harder to prove maybe just from observation, but there has been studies that have shown that plants not only respond and interact to their environment, but they can send signals to other plants to tell the plants, you know, of whatever it is that they're sensing. So, you know, this has been well proven. I I don't know the name of the scientist offhand, but I think there's a lot of different books that are coming out in the mainstream science that are talking about the consciousness of plants. This is pretty much accepted by now. So, but if we extrapolate that past plants to like fungus or minerals or the earth, right? I think consciousness is just imbued to whatever it, you know, the vessel that's holding it. It takes on the shape of whatever vessel it's in. 
Um, I, I think, yeah, I think we can uh, definitely agree that there's a diff. Well, I don't know if you would frame it this way, but there's a difference in the way that minds and consciousness can take place, but it is certainly rooted in a large part due to electrical signals, right? I, I, I think, uh, can we can we agree on that? Like, I'm not saying that the blade of grass has a mind uh, or has a brain, uh, excuse me, in the way that we think of it. But the brain is just a wet microchip and and grass. You can it does carry some of those same electrochemical uh, sig signal givers and, and receptors. So can uh, maybe we can actually find a, a point of agreement on that. Is there anything like how about a rock? Does a rock have consciousness? I don't think we can because I don't think we can because now we've been it's been well established that consciousness can exist outside of a living body come back into that living body after through whatever medical resuscitation uh, took place somebody can be pronounced clinically dead their brain shut off that wet microchip shut off yet their consciousness with all their memories and their thoughts and their opinions and their idiosyncrasies stay somewhere floating and then come back into that person after their body has been you know miraculously brought back to functionality so i think there proves that it's not merely an electric you know you know electricity because if so then why would the you know consciousness exist after the battery was shut off you know after the circuit board was shut off what well, yeah. what 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 about what Where about this? What well, what about this though? I think you're saying, I mean, in the analogy of the wet microchip, when you unplug the microchip, all of its wires still go in the same place. It's still stored all of the same. Uh, so then, yeah, go ahead. So then, during a near death experience, how would you explain the actual, you know? goings on because it's not like you know the human being is shut off and everything's stored away and when they turn back on it just comes back the way it was there's a new experience of that what just went on that's separate from their body their consciousness had a new experience whether that was seeing saint paul or jesus or seeing you know their their mother or father or their wife who passed away or whoever it is that the near-death experience is an experience in itself that's happening outside of conscious uh, outside of the body in consciousness and then when consciousness comes back into the body, that new experience that happened outside of the body is in the body. So if you're telling me that the consciousness can only exist because the microchip, you know, brain microchip is working or not working, then how do you explain the, the new experience that's gained when the, the body is shut off? Uh, so uh, near, near the end, I, I don't know if we have the same idea about what happens in near-death experiences. Um, I don't also think we have the same idea about what happens with like huge drug trips. Um, when I hear people talk about uh, what's what's the I mean, MDMA, you want to do you, you, uh, psilocybin, all, all these chemicals, they talk about going different places. DMT. DMT is huge. Thanks, man. And what do you... You you actually believe that it takes you something in you 
which I don't know if can, it can be weighed or not by your in your perspective, but that it in order to accomplish that, it would actually have to leave the the, the mind like physically, not not physically. That's not the right word. Sorry if I'm using the wrong vernacular here, but it actually has to leave the mind because I just submit that it doesn't leave the mind. Um, one of the one of the functions of that pineal gland is just to I think give us a little bit better so, death. Like just so let's the, go back. Let's yeah. go back. Let's go back because now you're you're formatting what I'm saying into a, into the drug trip thing, but that isn't what okay, I'm arguing. Sure. So okay. let's take it back a step. If the brain is off, okay, if the body is dead, uh-huh. consciousness, according to your model of reality, cannot form new experiences, right or wrong? Uh uh, um, if at that at the time that it is shut off, can't. Yeah, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think. Okay, so then therefore my argument stands <laughs> because you have thousands and thousands of near death experiences to sort through, Brandon, and and then explain that because well, but, but the, there but are the, countless but the, the experiences from people who have. The, the idea, though, is that I don't think I need to make that distinction because you're talking about when it shuts off, which is death, and we're talking about near-death experiences where the computer's still on, near-death, not death, near-death. No, 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 because here's the, here's the difference. It's only a near-death because what is the definition of death? It's a permanent state. So near-death experience is going to death without that permanency. What so is body what is, does die in some near-death experiences. What is the definition the of near? Is shut off in some near-death experience. What is the def- definition of near though? It's it's adjacent. It's not the it's same vernacular. thing. Right? It's vernacular. It's it's a way of explaining something that's hard to grasp. So what I'm saying is, if you're going to take a scientific approach to this, like you are, then you have to look at the data which shows that in some near-death experiences, the human body physically shuts off, okay? So let me but ask consciousness this real quick. is still operating. Sure, sorry. I mean, I, I just wanted to ask for to Brandon, if someone flatlines and then they're brought back, is that dying and then coming back or is, were they never dead, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, that, that helps suss this out, I think. So, uh, there is residual uh, free electrons floating from all parts of, from a whole bunch of parts in the body when uh, even when the heart stops. Um, the the flow of free electrons is electricity, and so it's 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 not like I mean, the computer is I think a bad analogy here because you when it's off it's off you know, um, but we just have certain segments of our body that can carry certain. Uh, uh, certain um, electrical stimu- stimuli, even when our heart isn't pumping. And I think this might be a definitional, definitional problem because I'm saying that anything in which new experiences are formed, the person was alive for. And I, I don't mean to just hedge that make this plant this flag and move on here, Mark, because maybe you can, we have another way to dissect it. But I just think that the fact that you're saying you're using the, the term near death is it just it's just that's just not death 
you know, I mean, we would call it death if it was death. People well, who it's have... a very, it's a, it's <laughs> all a... right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jay, Jay, chalk that up as a win. I just won that. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandon, but I got to say, if you look That's at the near death, if you near, if you look at the statistics for the near death experiences, okay, I'll agree that some are near death and some are death. Okay. But when you are looking at a physical body, and you can have it hooked up to the all the meters, like Brandon or Ryan said. You know, you see the flat line. You have all these things plugged in. Physically, see that the organism is shutting down. So there's a residual haze of electricity now that you're saying. And before you said that consciousness is electricity. So therefore, there's consciousness after the body's dying. Okay, well, and then they're resuscitated. So you're saying that before that time that the person comes back when they're in the process of dying, that's when the, the consciousness is there. It's, it's in that residual electricity that's still in the body somehow. So, so I, I see how me saying that near death could be a, a cheap shot here, because if I'm seeing uh, a lot of the same, I'm seeing not all of the functions, right? A lot of the same functions as when someone is alive, being accomplished then they're still alive like if i cut off my arm uh i'm not like conscious in the state of my right arm some of my body's processes are being cut off but there's other parts that are still working and since i think the the brain is a wet wet microchip it's just not dealing with your version of death so i, th I think so so i don't let's know pick, let's yeah. let's pick that Let's yeah. pick that apart real quick because I like what you just said. So the I, you chop your arm off, okay? Whatever happens, there's some accident, your arm gets chopped off. There's a phenomenon that's well recorded called phantom arm yeah, so, yeah. syndrome yeah. where a person experiences their arm even though physically it's not there. So there is some form of consciousness in that area where their arm once was. I mean, to me, that shows me that consciousness is not bound to a physical uh, framework. It can exist outside of that because these people, you know, experience like pain if their ghost arm gets trapped in a door as if their arm was still there, you know, when it's clearly not. But I wanted to say, uh, Brandon said that maybe the computer wasn't the best analogy, but I think it's perfect because uh, when you turn off your computer, there's still residual power in the power supply and all of that, you know? So if you're talking about the residual uh, electricity <laughs> in the brain, when Jay, in these near side you experiences, <laughs> I don't know well, yet. No, 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 no. I, I, I want to listen well, you know, some more. No, I see. No, it's I see, tough to know uh, what, uh, it's tough but, to know what a near-death experience is unless you flatline, right? It's it, because, like, do you fall down and hit your head? You know, who knows if you get knocked out? Like, people can randomly fall down and die quick. And then, like, you know, the only way I think that you can actually, like, define what a near-death experience is is if you die, right? I got so, in a really bad car accident that, a while ago, and I was told that I should have died in the car accident. But, you know, I, I didn't feel anything in this, and I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with either one of you. Here's, but it's hard to actually define what that is. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah. 
here's here's one thing I'll say, and we can move away from the near death experience because I think it's well established a lot of the evidence behind you know what I'm saying about near death experiences. So Brandon, you can go ahead and check out uh, you know the the newest episode of uh, the Higher Side Chat. Absolutely, with Dr. I'll, be, I'll be tuning in. I don't you know, know if that was yeah. the newest one, but. But that was a good one. He's the guy who coined the phrase near-death experience. So, But anyways, um, what oh, do you think about children, you know, to go backwards? What do you think about children who are born with this kind of uh, recollection of a past life, even to the point where the details are so fine and significant that they actually can find the person that this child who's only some cases three or four five just learning how to talk they remember these key facts about a person who actually existed and died around the time uh before they were born so you know given that there are many accounts of this happening how do you explain that brandon what do you think uh consciousness do you think consciousness can exist before uh human beings are born or do you think as soon as a human being's born the consciousness is born too okay so yeah the you know the idea of reincarnation uh in in any way shape or form or or souls or spirits i i just i just don't 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 bite into and that's that's a a huge uh, stance for well, but that's not what we're what we're that's not what we're talking about though i mean okay okay I guess it's reincarnation in a sense, but like, do you think that conscious, let's get, let's get all that off of it, strip that away and right. let's get down to just the root of it. Do you think that consciousness is born inside of the human being when the fetus is born? You think consciousness just is born then? Yeah. So just inside the boundaries of a person, uh, I think that it takes because I think it takes the brain or some sort of electrical configuration to allow for consciousness to be a thing. Yeah, I think it's it's when when uh, Jodie Foster was born, Jodie Foster's consciousness came came about uh, Jodie Foster's uh, uh, connections, uh, sociological connections to people before her, um, even uh, uh, pheromones that get. Um, they get traded between her and, and her mother, the chemicals that actually make her sure there's some, there's some, some gray areas there. I don't know where anyone needs to split it. I'll be honest. I'm not a, a huge, like taker on the idea of either pro-choice or, or, um, or pro-life because I see the gray areas like this, but yes, when Jodie Foster is born, it's Jodie Foster's, uh, uh, consciousness, just there that's that's all it takes for for her to be there so that's that answers that question i think i hope okay so then how would you explain yeah that phenomenon the instinctual you yeah. knowledge of an animal you know like there are some animals who the day they're born they go out and hunt you know they, it doesn't take any watching their parents to do it like the silicant fish comes out of an egg and goes and eats a fish right away. Sometimes they even eat their own, you know, brothers and sisters, so to speak, if you can even call them brothers yeah. and sisters. But, you know, what, what I'm asking is how would you explain information that seems to be inherent to consciousness uh, even before the biological organism has completed its like growth? So, uh, uh, I think by a process that is much older than, um, 
conscious beings in and of themselves, which is just genealogy, uh, genealogy and then epigenetics, right? Uh, there's obviously the, the, the huge talk of, uh, there's, there's always a huge disagreement over nature versus nurture. I don't see too much of a reason to introduce nurture because I think nurture is part of nature. And I'll explain that just, just now. So when a uh, Komodo dragon baby is born, he's born with a, a certain um, g- genetic code that has existed before. Um, that is, is and it takes from pieces of DNA that have been there before him, right? This DNA tells this organism's amino acids how to build a brain, how to build a body, how to build a tail, how to build those those things that keep. Komodo dragons from eating shit that that makes them sick and inten- instead turns their teeth into like you know venomous fangs. So because the genes have been telling the uh, amino acids how to build themselves, they've been telling how uh, cells how to organize themselves, what they should do uh, with different versions of themselves. You get a programming. You get a programming here. You you get. I should go after that rat. That's one of the that's one of the things that the DNA tells the brain to build itself off of is that you need to uh, react to electrical stimuli from the eye when a rat scurries away over there. Uh, And then that electrical stimuli is is supposed to trigger something. Another mechanism that's built up in the Komodo dragon. He goes after it. He gets some positive reinforcement for actually catching that rat. And you get that you get that natural selection like it's good for animals to be able to hunt their own so, yeah go ahead i will i just gotta chalk this up then because jay chalk it up as another win because he just refuted the the first thing you said my friend because what what i'm saying here buddy is if all of that information that you're describing is in dna that's consciousness being transferred from one organism to another so consciousness doesn't uh, just get born when the organism is born. There is a packet of consciousness, so to speak, that gets brought along with that organism before it's born that gives it the ability to go out and hunt and live its life the way it's supposed to within its nature symbiotically. What you're talking about here, both of you guys, it's transgenerational knowledge, transgenerational trauma. This is the stuff that they were talking about with like MK Ultra when they were tapping into uh you know any like this is why like monarch butterflies they fly in a certain pattern it's because like they don't they have a very short lifespan uh, but this is transgenerational stuff so it is explained a little bit by science and there is a a, a good amount of it that's not explainable right um, well, are you familiar anyone, with that term transgenerational i i've always known it as morphic resonance because i i learned it from a guy named rupert shell drake um He's been on a couple of podcasts, but he's an author. He's written a bunch of books and he's, uh, I believe, a scholar from Oxford. So he'd be something you, you might be interested, someone you might be interested in looking into, Brandon, or the listeners. But yeah, Rupert Sheldrake has a lot of great theories on how this mimetic and epigenetic information is sent from one organism to another. And I don't think that DNA is a good enough explanation. I think that consciousness is truly transferred in some way and you can see it in these organisms that are less complex than us more easily because there's a set finite amount of 
things they need to do to survive compared to humans we have many 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 ways to you know use our consciousness compared to like a lizard so uh two two things here one is if you don't think dna is a good explainer for consciousness uh are are you saying would would you contest the fact one that dna tells us tells our our amino acids how to build themselves uh and then second um if some people refer to dna like in some higher level thing like some like uh, uh you know data from the computer programmer that is yahweh the desert god you know i don't i don't know if rocks have consciousness in your in your worldview here but i as far as i see dna is you know, diaribonucleic acid you know what i mean like it's a simple it's a simple chemical that's that's just a few atoms together i don't think you could argue that it it in and of itself has a mind there so does does i'll, I'll sum those up again does dna have is is it consciousness in your worldview like is it some expression of it well, I think I think science has DNA explained as a series of chemical reactions and almost like an instruction manual for those chemical reactions that result in the building of the various functions of an organism, right? The organelles and the mitochondria and all the other little building blocks that make up a complete organism. The DNA is the blueprints for that, so to speak. But the DNA is also esoterically i guess like you're hinting at uh filaments of light i think uh is what some people describe it at and even the guy who discovered uh dna referred to them uh, with this kind of spiritual profundity i don't know if he used that exact term and said that they were filaments of light but i do think that there's something otherworldly about dna that's yet to be explained i think that some people theorize that we as human beings should have more than just two strands of dna uh i think that there has been many scientists who have looked at our dna and said well this is odd there's a a a part of this dna that looks like it's been manipulated by someone who knows how to genetically manipulate dna we know this now because we've been manipulating DNA. That's why they cloned the sheep in the 90s. And that's why they're trying to clone meat to sell it to peasants in China, because it would be really inexpensive to eat cloned meat, I guess. But I don't think they're having much success with it. But yeah, I don't know, Brandon, I'm not really an expert on, uh, on DNA. But I will say that I don't think that either of us really have uh, proven or disproven consciousness yet <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's definitely not just about like proving or disproving consciousness because we, we i we we both agree in consciousness right it's it's the form that it takes that i think is 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 at hand here so what about this you uh it, in my second question or my first question that i had posed earlier uh does a does a rock do you think have consciousness and i think that's a that's a good dividing line here it's not, it's not trying to be a gotcha question. I actually want to see what the, what doesn't have consciousness in your world? Because in my, in my summation, if, if everything is conscious, well, that's not a very good explainer for everything. You're just saying like everything is, it's, you can't disprove that something 
isn't. So what's, where's the dividing line? Is a, is, is a rock conscious? Well, in order to answer that, we have to look at how our world and how our reality is structured. So everything is structured the way I see it in the way um, I've learned it. You know, it's not like I've come up with this on my own. Um, but there is a series of moving fragments of energy that make up all of the things that we see as solid, right? Everything that we see as solid is at its smallest level, a moving, vibrating molecule or piece of energy, an atom, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you can go down all the way to the Planck scale and look at these little quantum you know, particles that are constantly vibrating and even curiously enough seem to have, uh, you know, it's been proven quantum mechanics, right? Uh, they've proven that two particles in space can affect each other and in fact affect each other quite often. It's inherent to the property of these molecules that they're able to move across space and time <laughs> and connect in like a wormhole type way with other particles right and uh we've proven this and called it the observer effect so anyone who knows about this more than me is probably pulling on their chair like these idiots because i'm not doing a very good job of explaining it but the way i see it is all of these things that we see as solid are moving, they're particles. And those particles can be measured by frequency. So certain things like rocks have a different frequency or vibration than the water in this cup or myself or you or the Schumann resonance of the earth. Everything has a frequency. So as to whether or not a mineral is conscious, I think, yeah, I think a mineral is conscious because it's connected to the earth. It's born out of the earth, which is conscious, and it carries with it that energy. So me as a sensitive human being, I can touch a crystal, I can resonate with its frequency, and I can gain something from that in my consciousness, in a subtle layer of my consciousness that maybe doesn't interact with what we call or touch or see because it's naming consciousness that we see and define everything through but not everything can be defined through words and names i think some things are more subtle than that and i think that consciousness is energy crystals have energy minerals rocks have energy therefore they are conscious Dude, you you you're sitting uh, you're sitting here. Tell, we have we have disagreements there that I just can't hope to knock you off of uh, in one disagreement here. But you're sitting here telling me that <laughs> that rocks are having feelings, and you still can't get behind the evolutionary model. What the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> well, how do you explain the Fibonacci sequence or the the golden ratio or any of these seemingly impossible mathematical coincidences that happen throughout nature without kind of thinking that consciousness came first. I think as you study physics and you study cosmology, biology, you realize that the universe is consciousness supporting. 
And I don't think that consciousness could have evolved out of a universe that wasn't consciousness first, because our universe is overwhelmingly life supporting, at least the small chunk of the world we know, right? I mean, uh, out of the yeah, odds, I, I, I it's it's very it's so there's a there's a we uh, find life in thermal pools we find life at the bottom of the ocean we find life at the top of trees life just thrives everywhere on this planet in all different forms so i'll I'll agree that we're in a universe that's hosting consciousness because we're i think we're conscious and we're in this universe uh i think though that if you look just beyond the atmosphere of the earth and i don't know if you think that space is is is, is a illusion an illusion or not here mark but i think overwhelmingly it is not a uh a a supportive supportive for life this is not to say that it's it's like we're a very very small chunk of the extremely small chunk of the universe and i'll give it to you that it's the universe is so big that we can't see far enough to see just how much life there is in it but, uh, you know, if, if I give you a, uh, a sandwich, that's like 98% shit and uh, 2% ham, right? You're going to, you're going to call that a ham sandwich. You're going to, you're going to eat it there just to, just to borrow a, a joke from, from Joe Rogan there. I don't know if that's really representative of, of that, you know? Okay. Yeah. I just, I feel really unprepared to argue this so i'm just going to do my best to give you all of the reasons that i believe that consciousness uh can exist outside of the human body um minerals is is a stretch i mean it's it's not that i don't believe it or i think that you're going to argue against it i think i'm right 100 i just don't think i'm equipped at this moment to explain exactly the uh the parameters of it but i think that light is another one of these things that is inherent to consciousness and we know that there's this whole spectrum of light that exists outside of our visual capacity to see it so you know considering how much of the world we don't see and we don't know I think that's where I find my explanations for where consciousness is after death, right? Because if our consciousness is truly electricity and energy, then what if it vibrates at a higher, and we know that a human body weighs less after the, the soul leaves. I mean, that's also been proven. Yeah. I know that. So, uh, Brandon, I, I, why, why didn't you uh, call, why didn't you call your win out there? Mark just said he wasn't able to argue that one. No, 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 no. no. You got to no, call no, no. your points out. No, no, no. 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 This is got one, dude. This is I'm, this is, I'm supposed to be the moderator. This is I'm supposed to be the moderator, but like my my co-host isn't counting his wins here. What this the fuck? Is, this is legitimately both the handicap that I have my like just being a skeptic and the handicap that I give myself. I have it so much easier having to not prove things only to try to pull things down. And I've talked, I've talked to many of our, our listeners individually who just like, I've just told them like, dude, I, I know I, we have disagreements on the, on the comment section. And we're like, dude, I understand that I seem uh, cold, uh, cynical, just not wanting to believe in the, uh, the, the, the wonderland that you guys have gone through the looking glass to get to. Um, I understand what it seems. And so I don't know, I don't count this as wins. And I also want to just, 
conduct myself in a way where I, I make wins and losses less of a thing in the in the debate world. Even though the debate is the perfectly wrong way to set up a discussion about these kinds of events. Um, no, no, no. It's so. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me let me step in here because Brandon, you have deliberately told me that you've won conversations when we're not recording, so that is a lie. So I got to call you out as well. When? Wait, 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 wait. When is that? I am curious. When was that? What was the last one? It was in your it was in your garage. You were probably too drunk because you had like three white claws, and so the reason that you don't remember it was when I made the setup. It when I had a whole episode set up. All right. And we both argued like. I will admit to uh, treating my family different differently than than random strangers on the comment <laughs> section. Guilty, guilty as gotcha. charged there. But um, no, yeah, Mark. I, I hey, uh, Mark's Mark's almost family. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. We're we're uh, we're becoming one here. He's adopting me. Mark is actually the first uh, uh, guest that we had on that 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 uh, I was in, inviting me onto the uh, Idiocles podcast, and he was like, "Oh, you're part of the family now, man." Which gives me uh, the free reign, I think, to say to call Mark out for. Um, sticking up for uh the qualms of rocks or of pebbles i gotta tur- treat my turquoise collection here a little bit more kindly after this what about what, i i will admit though mark <laughs> that i will admit though mark that there is a whole bunch that we can't see and that we don't know this is a an epistemological thing which i've i i, I like that like that word a shit ton as you know there it is what you're looking into you talked about how you're looking into all the stuff that we don't know to find an answer And then I think very often, I think right after that, you followed it up with a question like, why isn't it this way? And I'm down with the Socratic method, but it's not good for like inducing truth. It's good for deducing truth, but not inducing. So why, why am I, when I hear you say you look at all the stuff that we don't know and you figure something out from all that stuff that we don't know, why does that, why why shouldn't that set up a red flag as to like, Dude, this is like saying you know what an unidentified flying object is. It's unidentified, motherfucker. Like, you don't know what it is. You're, it's in the name there. <laughs> oh, man. Did I say that? I got to stop smoking pot. I didn't realize <laughs> I set you up like that. No, I I don't think, you know, I, I think you have a lot more to prove, uh, proving that consciousness exists only inside the body. If we're going to nail it down to that, I think I'm I'm pretty comfortable saying that consciousness exists outside of the body. Let, let, let me go farther on that then, because I think the burden of proof, and this is why I talk about the handicap that I give myself in debates like this and in this community, I think the burden of proof is always on the person who's saying, no, 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 there's more than what you see, because we can both look and see. Yeah, but that's the thing. Yeah. The majority of humanity for the majority of humanity's lifetime has believed in the existence of a soul in the existence of other realms and our ability as a soul to traverse outside of the body. So I think that the burden of proof is more on this new uh, segment of humanity that questions that and says, no, 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 we're just biological robots and consciousness is a byproduct of an electrical reaction and a chemical reaction in the brain because the brain is a wet circuit board. So, so let me, let me, let me dig farther into the logic of this. And this is getting off, off track. I know we're, we're approaching 50 minutes here. Maybe this is the time to wrap up. But so you say that, 
I, I don't want to say that your chief piece of evidence is that every uh, a lot of people have believed it for a long time, but in that argument are two logical fallacies. You have ad traditionum, which is an appeal to tradition, which is it used to be we used to think it was true, so it must be true today, and also ad populum, which is appeal to the the people, appeal to the masses, which says because a majority of people believed it that it is true. I just don't I just don't buy those as logical arguments. I know you have other pieces of evidence, but be, if you're saying, well, people have believed this for a long time, the majority of people have believed this. That's that's two logical fallacies. No, I'm and just then, I'm yeah, saying yeah, that yeah. I'm saying that as a justification for you to provide the burden of proof because I think the burden of proof is on this new group of people who are questioning things that have been taught to human beings. It's not like a popular idea. I think it's just the experience that human beings have always had. I mean, even in indigenous cultures around the world, like they don't think of this as reality. They think of the dream world or the afterlife is more real than this. And I think that's, it's just universal. It's not because it's popular, it's universal. These people have no interaction with other groups of people yet independently all formed similar narratives to explain the world they're in. I think that needs to be explained. Why it's overwhelmingly said that human beings were created, human beings are not from this dimension. That's something that you can find in a lot of cultures around the world, cultures that haven't interacted with each other. And then 100 or 200 or 400 years ago, people started you know, really getting upset with all the, the liberties the church was taking to torture and kill whoever they wanted, that people were like, fuck that. And they rebelled against it. And, and I think that's why atheism kind of came about because, and it's, it's a good, for good reason, because fuck those pricks. Vat, you know, they were really doing a lot of bad stuff. But I think that the atheists went too far when they combined it all with science and said like, oh, here's the new way. Because I actually think that science and spirituality are one thing. I don't think they're separate. I think the problem is that is that science is way too materialistic. And I think that's the root of what we're talking about here because materialism tells us that consciousness is inherent to the physical organism. Whereas I'm saying, and what I'm trying to get out of you is consciousness came first, consciousness exists before the human body is born and consciousness exists after the human body is dead. I think as someone in the middle of this conversation, the the small particle vibration point was super uh, strong. That really got me thinking. Um, Thank and you, just Jay. to troll, just to troll Mark real fast. I think one point that will destroy this whole thing is brain in a jar theory. <laughs> you got to do a better job of setting that up, Jay. What if they don't know the inside joke? What if your entire reality is just a brain in a jar? Then that would just mean that consciousness is strict to that brain and you project your reality right, out of Jay, that. You're muted. Get out of here. <laughs> no, oh, no, man, no, he said a good thing. <laughs> that that no that I, I will I will deal with that too. That that actually almost deals with it it really does matter 
about our logical steps that, that we take, because I'm not saying that my steps are logical because I called out those, the, the, those, those logical fallacies and your are, yours are illogical. That's not how logic works. Your truth is, is your truth and mine is, is mine. But the thing about that one, man, is, is that you can't disprove that. Like you, you can't disprove the, uh, the, the idea that we're in a simulation to me, a theory that is, um, not falsifiable is a bad one and doesn't have any explanatory power, but that is a scary thing about, about just not, uh, you, you, you can't, you can't rule that shit out, you know? <laughs> finally, we can finally get somebody to agree to this and prove that my intern is not a waste of money. <laughs> No, see another <laughs> inside joke. Listen, the my family thinks I'm crazy. Listeners are loving Jay. I right loved now, what Brandon said, the, though. I love what the, Brandon said. But the Dangerous World podcast listeners are like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> so Jay, I mean, you gotta, Brandon, you work on that. It made it made sense. Brandon explained it for me, dude. It was perfect. Okay, but here's my Jay, thing, Jay. I've got a serious question for you. Uh, yes. Does Mark hit you? There's a oh, verbally abuse. There's verbally. a domestic abuse hotline. <laughs> National domestic abuse, man. Just look into that. He hits me uh, verbally, yes. The thing about Mark is that if... popped off? The thing about Mark is that if you're not seven foot, he's always punching down at you, you know? <laughs> really I know. I feel, like, I feel like there's some abuse going on over there, man. <laughs> you get a but, nice you know, shot. I... I I got some great news here while we're talking. I know that this has nothing to do with consciousness, but maybe it does because maybe the uh, consciousness level of Congress is uh, kind of lifting a little bit. There's a bipartisan group of senators that have introduced a bill to strip Biden of his war powers. There's four Democrats and four Republicans on there. So instead of just having Biden go carry out all of the bombings and just like fucking up all these innocent people, maybe they'll strip those powers away. Uh, you know, I don't know if that's consciousness being lifted or, or what we can think about that, but um, that's good news to me, man. I hope that this dude gets stripped of his powers one by one. Is Joe Biden conscious? <laughs> that's a good one. I don't know. That's a good question. He might be a brain in a jar, like you said. You know what? I think I'm going to have to hit Jay after this one because, you know, <laughs> listen, Jay, you jumped right in after I slammed Brandon with a great point. And now he has all this slack. To yeah, but the score is the score is two one. So Brandon's Brandon's trailing here. Just, <laughs> just say just say you fell down the stairs, Jay. Make sure you don't say that he hit you. You ran into the doorknob. <laughs> listen, <laughs> listen. I'll explain it all. Jay and his buddies, okay, Jay's little interns. All right, they're trying to convince me that transhumanism and virtual reality are cool things so i tell them all the time no so whenever they want to piss me off they bring up trans i'm not down with the i'm not down with the vr that's that's just some of the our other uh if you remember adam from the first episode yeah yeah so yeah he's down with that mark no i don't i don't hit jay man come on man what are you talking about i don't hit him i slap him mark i i i want to i want to get together and and do this again man this was this was really fucking fun uh one 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 little teaser because i don't want to get into a huge discussion of it i want to know how you think about it and start thinking about the ways that we can discuss this in another swapcast we have free will, or we do not. Do we not, man? Yes, or, yes or no? In, in layman's terms, and then we just leave that off as a teaser for the next time we get together. 
Okay. Yeah. And I do have to apologize. I feel like I kind of just went off the cuff here when it probably should have required a, a few, like, I should have had some sources oh, so man. I could have been like, well, boom, 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 you know, no, really you... nailed you, Brandon. But next time for free oh. will, I will. And let's see, maybe you disagree uh, or maybe you agree, but I think free will is a little bit of both. I think you have some ability to direct yourself, but ultimately I do believe in predestiny, but that's spiritual. So I don't know if you agree with that. I mean, that comes from a spiritual place. I'm thinking that you don't agree with free will. You think it's all just chemical reactions and uh, biological urges. It is, uh, it is not my free will that is making me re- reach for this Sierra Nevada Big Little Thing IPA tonight, uh, guys. It is, it is completely uh, <laughs> the, uh, the chlorians and uh, uh, free electrons guiding me. So I have nothing. Uh, I did nothing wrong today. You, you weren't actually fighting with me, Mark. You were fighting with this, this, this just you know fleshy compound of, of muscles and, and, and tissues. So, um, so really, really, we. I think we. Uh, I think everyone wins. Wins, you know. So. No, I had fun, man. Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. it doesn't matter. We're all just like throwing <laughs> stones at the water, right? <laughs> I'll wipe the books. We're done. <laughs> I know. I thought, Mark, I thought you were going to apologize for being mean to Jay, but you just apologized for being ill-prepared for the conversation. I thought that was... <laughs> I, think you did a, I think you did a great job. You did a great job, Mark. <laughs> oh, man. Listen, Jay's no, going to... It was very interesting. Jay's going to have 50% of whatever I make because he got me on some kind of crazy contract. So one day when we're all podcast millionaires, Jay's going to be, you know, he's going to be living, living on a high oh. horse. Oh, That's well, too good, Mark. Man. Something to look forward That's to, Ryan. Good. You want to want to take us out here, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. So, I mean, uh Anyone else oh. have any closing thoughts? Brandon left a great, uh, great little uh, last thought there. Jay or Mark, you guys have anything else to say here before we wrap it up? Yeah, if you want to hear me um, mentally and physically abuse Jay, come listen to the My Family <laughs> Thinks I'm Crazy podcast. No, I'm not, I'm a dictator uh, like the way Steve Jobs was. You know, like I, you know, we're trying to reinvent the wheel over here. So I just am really critical of Jay. I want the most. I want him to do the best he can. So if you like that and you want to get motivated and you want to understand why my family thinks I'm crazy, please listen to my podcast. But closing thoughts on the consciousness conversation, Brandon, you're uh, you're always equipped to duck and dive. And I like that. I think we should debate more often. And uh, Ryan, you did a great job moderating. Thank Jay, you, sir. Thank you, sir. Your thoughts. Jay, any any last thoughts for you, man? Um. I probably agree more with Mark on this whole thing. Not because he abused me to say that. <laughs> well, now we can't disprove that. So yeah. you're stuck, yeah. man. <laughs> tap, 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 this, this, tap the microphone twice if he you and once if he does not. I did miss 13 minutes of the conversation. So maybe Brandon sure. like completely schooled him and I have no idea. I'll have to listen back. <laughs> I thought it was very even, um, you know, Mark did definitely call out what he, what he did uh, with the points that he made better. Uh, Brandon, I had to do the one that I, that I happened to catch for him. But like you said, he was viewing the conversation different Mark, to be fair. I don't think you got a mean bone in your body, man. I, I was just kidding. I don't think that you're uh, an abusive person at all. But um, I do appreciate this entire conversation. This is a, a fascinating topic, man. We can talk for hours and hours and hours about the possibilities of consciousness. Like, 
um, what I was mentioning to you, that cephalopod thing, that was a, um, a cuttlefish that was okay. able to uh, put off uh, a small reward for uh, waiting. Like, so it, it would take some time and it would get a larger reward at the end. Well, and this is a test this that was for, developed. How's this for free will? Because this is kind of similar. They did a test with these pigs playing a video game and they found that even when the video game dispenser ran out of treats for them they still liked playing the game so but i think you're that. leaving out that they were hooked up to Neuralink. <laughs> i think they were hooked up to Neuralink. <laughs> oh so they couldn't leave they were, From, they're, they're stuck there. yeah well that's that's the I'm elon a- musk thing i'm not sure but i i had heard that and i thought that that was something that Neuralink was was uh doing with elon musk's technology that Fuck brain me. was that, that propaganda doing. was that tesla propaganda that i just regurgitated <laughs> on the all dangerous I, world podcast all i know is that uh, i'm looking up that twitch <laughs> streaming channel as soon as we get off of this uh, where, the, where the pigs are playing <laughs> video games i can't wait to see how they how they, how they play some like, oh, dude, PUBG, that's epic. PUBG. Yeah. that's a good one <laughs> well no thank oh, you guys man. i mean as always man uh you guys know where to find uh dangerous world um the patreon is there you have a, a, a patreon that i think it's under mt uh ifc right mt my family M- yeah MF- we have uh yeah. patreon.com slash mftic mftic if you can't remember that just go motherfucker tick mftic Perfect. motherfucker tick maybe Perfect. that'll help like a little one of those uh homonym games or whatever i don't fucking know that's uh, great and you can also go to my family where we have all of the podcasts I've ever been on, including all my appearances on the Dangerous World podcast, uh, as well as Tinfoil Hat and all the other great shows that we've been on together too, like Idiocalypse. So yeah, please go check out my website. There's all kinds of cool stuff there. And uh, big news coming out soon. Big news. Big news. That's hot. That's hot. I like it. Well, cool, man. I appreciate everyone just being here for this conversation. This is fascinating just to kind of like you know, be a part of and, and just hear the, the different ideologies that everyone may have because, you know, people line up with you, Mark, people line up with Brandon and a lot of people line up in Mark's community. So Brandon plays a, a very important role just being that little uh, wet blanket that we all love so much. So everyone <laughs> have a great rest of your evening and stay safe in the dangerous world. And don't let your family think that you're crazy. How's that for a little fucking tie in? Have a good night, guys. Bye bye, guys. <laughs>